Hi, you're listening to An Open Dialogue, and I am Violet Howe. And I am Todra Candle. And today we are going to talk about um, something that writers face, like kind of an issue that writers face as we are going through a story, and that is policing your characters. Yes. How bad can they be? Um, It's kind of interesting because obviously if it's a villain, then you can get away with, with quite a lot more. But there's an expectation of your hero and heroine of how good they will be. And it's a fine line because you don't want a perfect hero or heroine. You don't want someone who is, is so far above um, any flaw or any wrong that they're unbelievable. You want them to be flawed. You want them to have faults. But there's certain things they just can't do. Right. There are certain things that there are certain lines that uh, readers have. And there, there's a couple of universal lines, I think. And then there's probably individual lines uh, that you'll pick up in reviews or uh, they, there are readers who will forgive characters a myriad of sins. Uh, but then one thing happens. They're like, OK, this is it. I just can't like this person. I think a lot of time it has to do with motivation. Yeah. If the, if the character's motivation for doing it was was very clear and and the reader felt that the character was in some way justified i think they're a little bit more forgiving yes well let's um you talked about that there are some that are universal that Mm -hmm. just those don't fly no matter what right so i would say a big one is probably cheating uh that's the first one that came to my mind yeah yeah, that's that just pretty much does not fly at all if you have a hero or heroine who's in a committed relationship they need to honor that commitment like that's just not something um I know for me personally if I'm watching a a movie or I'm reading a book and it looks like they're they're going to give in and they're going to cheat I'm I'm pissed like I'm sitting (laughs) I literally am saying out loud don't do it don't do it (laughs) so um I think that's something that just doesn't fly yes I, I would agree and I think that um willful um, cruelty is, yes. you know, that, 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 that's another bad thing, which seems like a no-brainer, but, you know, um, it can be anything from even, even being mean to, to the villain sometimes. Right. Um, that, that can be well, that. I think stepping back to the, to the cheating part a little bit, I think that part of what, I know for me personally, part of what I like about um, books or, or movies or, t- or you know, I, I don't know, television shows I think is a little bit less strict about this than than books and movies I could be wrong but I think what I like about it is the idea of unconditional love right and the idea that um that you know love can overcome or love's going to prevail or whatever and I think that for me when that person steps out on that commitment or that person um kind of dishonors that commitment then I lose a little bit of that like I want to believe I know in the real world this stuff happens and I know in the real world unfortunately um, people make mistakes or people make bad choices or people are um, tempted or manipulated or, or any myriad of reasons that these things happen but in that story I want to believe that my hero is strong enough that you know his love for the heroine is going to overcome any other circumstance or, or vice versa, you know, her love for him is going to, is going to be strong enough to withstand any of that. Exactly. Um, so I think that's why for me, that's why the, the cheating is just such a, ugh, in my, yes. in my eyes in the book. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. And I think, um, it's really hard as an author to come up with a motivation for, 
even even a, a complete star-crossed lover thing. You know, we all know people, or if we don't know people, we know of people, or we've seen them in movies or television, where there's the idea that, that they married or they're in a committed relationship, and then the right one comes along. I mean, what is the, there's, a, there's a song, and I, it's one of those songs from the 70s. Um, it's sad to belong to someone else when the right one comes along. I mean, that well, one's but, there's... But to me... The I was going to say easy answer, and I guess it's not an easy answer if you're in it. But to me, the answer is get out of what you're in right. before you start something else. Well, absolutely, absolutely, you know. and that in the perfect world, then that that's true. But um, you know, if you and, and I'm not speaking that. Let's just let's just say up front, I'm not speaking from any sort of experience. But I am <laughs> actually I, one of one of the things that I think makes me a, a, a decent author is that I am really good at putting myself in other people's positions. So empathetic. Yes, I'm very yes. empathetic. So, um, you know, I, I can understand to a to a certain degree the idea of, you know, is this really going to work? You know, it would be it it would take such a um, a leap of faith or a, a, a leap of trust to step out of a comfortable, committed relationship, to gamble on something that might be, that I, I can understand the idea of, well, you know, let, let's see. Let's see if this well, is going to work before I, I think do for it. some people I would it becomes complicated, it. like if they have children or if they have, right. you know, business ties or if they have, like, right. you know, uh, uh, some some sense of, of warped loyalty, you know, where right. it's okay for me to cheat, but it's not okay for me to leave. And I think exactly. things like that happen. And I do yeah. think that's something where we want our characters to kind of be above that. Um, and I wonder if that's all genres or if that's mainly the romance genre that, that really frowns upon that. Because I know like, you know, if you get into something that's a, a little grittier or a little harder, I think the characters are allowed to be more flawed. Like I look at like someone like Gillian Flynn, who obviously is not writing romance and mm -hmm. her heroines are so incredibly flawed. Um, they're very complex characters and I love to to read them and even, you know, to watch them. But they're so screwed up and they do things that we would never allow our romantic heroines to get away with and so I, I do think the genre matters although that, even with even with sharp objects like in watching sharp objects there's a moment in that where the main the the heroine kind of makes a choice that I think could be maybe her being un, unfaithful even though it's kind of a gray area but I still was so mad at her so yeah. angry with her so even when it's not a romance book I do think I still have that expectation that there's going to be no matter how no matter how screwed up they are in other areas I still want them to be faithful right it's interesting too um you know because I'm thinking about uh Right before my daughter went back to school, she and I binged on a bunch of old movies. When I say old movies, I mean movies from maybe the uh, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. mid-90s. Which um, is scary that that's old. But yeah, right. that's old. For her, they're old. Yeah. Um, but there, there's two particular movies, and they have the, the common, the, the common uh, denominator of Meg Ryan, where there is... It, it it, it 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 veers real close to cheating even though it isn't it, it could probably be termed as emotional cheating in a sense and yet we seem okay with that and that that's um uh sleepless in seattle where she is engaged to bill right. pullman at right. the time that she is crossing the country because she has become obsessed with this man who she heard on the radio she heard his son she heard him and and i mean 
I would be uncomfortable if, if my partner was crossing right. the country right. just because, well, I, I, maybe, you know, but, but clearly there was something that she knew on a, on a deep level was not right. Right. Even though he, I mean, he is, I love that movie because he is a wonderful man. And, and she does end it with him before, spoiler alert, before, uh, before she goes right. off to meet Tom Hanks. And, you well, know. Well, I think there's several, there's several stories where it flirts with it. Like yes. one of my favorite movies is Sweet Home Alabama. Right. And she's engaged to someone else who's yes. a wonderful guy. I yes. love when the love triangle has two great guys. Yeah. Like you look at yeah. um, The Notebook. Right. You know, well. the one she's engaged to is a wonderful guy. Like there's not, there's, there's nothing wrong with that relationship that these women are in. But there's this first love. There's the love that's coming back. And it's funny because in that situation... I'm cheering for the old guy. I'm cheering for the for the first love guy, even though she's in a in a relationship. So I do think that it, it comes back, I guess, to that to that motivation and the and the character line. Um, that you know who we choose to root for or the love that we're choosing them to root for may not be the one that they're in the committed relationship to. But I think the the line is drawn in like, okay, did she end that relationship before? she went back to the other one. Like, look at um, Serendipity mm-hmm. with John Cusack and, um, yeah. oh, I can see her face and I can't remember her name. Yeah. If anyone's listening, you know her name, email me. But um, in that movie, both of them went on, it's going to bug me that I can't remember her name. She had a kid with Michael Sheen. Um, oh. She was in Pearl Harbor. Anyway, <laughs> it's going <laughs> to bug me. Um but I think in, in that, like, they both went and they had these relationships. And in Kate that movie, Beckinsale. he's... Kate Beckinsale. Yes, Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It just popped into my head. <laughs> yeah, in no, that relationship, like, not. both of them are engaged and moving on. Okay. And, like, and, and, like, he's, like, literally on the eve of his wedding. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of, like, flirted very dangerously close to that line of, like, okay, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, um... But I don't know. It, it's funny how we choose which love to yeah. root for or yeah. we choose which situation to root for. Yeah, because it, it, it's the same in You've Got Mail. She, yes. is, she is living with a guy and, they, and he is living with a girl, uh, yeah. a woman. You know, a, yeah. a, he, she's an awful, awful woman, but, you know, but still. And, and again, they don't. But she is in a relationship with somebody else, even though it's only online and they're just talking and they and she's very careful. And and she kind of talks about the fact that she's not, um, you know, that, that, that they don't want to meet and, and whatever. They, they clearly know that it's it's an issue. And, um, you know, it's 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 a tough line. But you're right. We there are situations where we do seem to be OK with it. Yeah, uh, I yeah. I do think it's the situation and I think it's how it's handled. I right. I I don't know. Like it's funny cuz I hesitate saying this, but I think that if the when you have that situation where the person is obviously unhappy and it's obviously something they don't want to be don't need to be in and you can see that this other relationship would be much better for them, but they need to get out first. Mm-hmm. Um but it's funny because it's still like you said, they're still basically emotionally cheating right so how odd that we accept that and we actually will root for it mm-hmm. but um yeah that's that's weird like that's funny um that that came out of that conversation because i i hadn't really thought about that i thought like it's a nope it's a fast hard line no cheating but when we look at it there's really a gray line yeah there because yeah. it depends on the situation well it's really interesting for me because one of my one of my most popular series is my sports books and the the first three are about a trio of friends two men 
and, and, and a woman. Um, and we see it from high school all the way up through young adulthood. And that has been probably, um, those characters are flawed without a doubt. And one of them is readers really, really, even though he is not a villain by any stretch of the imagination, he is probably one of the characters I've written who readers have the most violent emotional response to. Um, and it is because of this idea of there's no cheating. Right, but, right. But that's really hard when you have a, a love triangle. You know. I'm I'm kind of playing with a situation right now, and it's for a uh, uh, for a book that's that's upcoming, and it's a ways out. Um, so I'm not giving anything away <laughs> about it. But in this situation, I have my my heroine was married before, and um, her ex husband is a hero in another book, and and is in a great relationship that readers love. And I want her to have her own relationship, and it's 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 kind of like someone that was a friend of his mm -hmm. and it's funny because I'm I'm definitely kind of thinking about that and being very careful how I do that, that it's I not know that, which book it is <laughs> <laughs> um that I'm that I'm looking at you know having a friend of his be the person that that kind of comes to her rescue because he can't he's right. obviously moved on and he's in a different place of life and so he calls a friend you know to rescue this person who is obviously very important in his life and he doesn't want anything to happen to her mm -hmm. and so I'm like okay how how close of a friends were they and how much did he know about their marriage and like I'm having to kind of be careful with that because you don't want to cross that line where um, there's any any kind of betrayal going on friendship betrayal or, or well, um, yeah. it actually becomes um, a, to me it becomes uh, an opportunity to kind of explore that uh, in my in my perfect dish series um, the first book is obviously the bad guy. Um, he is he is actually the hero of the next two books, and and I had readers say I could never read a book where that where Liam is is the main. I just I don't like him. I don't like what he did to Julia. I I have no. And I would right. say, listen, just trust me. See if I can do it. See, right, you know, read the right. next book, and if you don't, I'll, I'll 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 refund you your money for the book. Well, I have never had to refund a book yet, <laughs> now either being nice or whatever. But, but the idea it was the same thing. They were called the girls were college roommates. He, it's 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 another one of those relationships that clearly is not right. They're they're both in it for convenience or laziness, out of laziness, um, and she the roommate is definitely a better fit. Um, but how do you do that? And, and I kind of had to walk a, a you know, a um, a fine line. And she and her the, the the two girls had a lot of conversation about, you know, how this how this worked and and how do you do that? And because that's real life, that happens. Well, it is real life, and I and I think sometimes that's the hard thing is having this be realistic and having it be real life. Mm -hmm. Um, and allowing the character to be real and to have flaws and to make mistakes and, and to make bad choices without um, ruining the character. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the, I, I, the fact of the matter is they're fictional characters. And we obviously don't want to read about, I, I had a woman one time who said, I don't want to read about the jerks that I've dated. I want to read about the guy that I would like to date. You know, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we, we have to be, it's, it's a very thin line where we are policing our characters because we want them to be... Um, the ideal 
hero or the ideal heroine. But at the same time, it needs to be realistic enough that when I read it, I can relate to it and I can feel like it's real and I can connect with those characters. And so um, my editor in um, in my latest release, there was a moment that my heroine chooses to lie to the hero. And, uh, and my editor dinged me on that and was like, you really can't have the heroine lie. Like, that's not something that a heroine would do. And I felt very strongly that in that situation, my character is flawed. And, I've, and I felt like in that situation, that's what she would do. I felt very strongly that her response would be to lie. She feels like she's doing it to protect the hero. Mm-hmm. And she feels like she's doing it for the greater good of their relationship. Um, now, I think every reader reading it is like, no, you idiot, don't do that. <laughs> But I felt very strongly that I had to be true to my character. And yes. I think that's hard sometimes when it's like, when when are you true to what you feel like the character would actually do and say? And when do you police that character and kind of keep them from doing or saying something that they shouldn't? Exactly. And and, and there has to be a balance because uh, I know in my, in my first four books and in, in uh, the, the young adult, I had a couple of people um, say, uh, well, Michael... Who is the, um, uh, the the love interest, the lead, whatever? That he was too perfect, um, and, and there is an element of that. First of all, it's young adult, so the, the characters really don't have to be as flawed. <laughs> they, they don't have as much time to have built up a, a lifetime right. of flaws. So there's that. Uh, it also has to do with with point of view, um, and almost all of my books, matter of fact, all but one are first person. So. Um, and, and most of them are from multiple points of view, but this one particularly was just from the, the point of view of the female lead. All four books were from that. So yes, this is how she saw him. She saw right. Michael as he was everything. You know how, what it's like to be a 16-year-old girl and, right. and you've met the one. Right. I mean, he is perfect. There's nothing. Now, later on, I had the opportunity to write another book where they were both in it and you were seeing him through other people's eyes. And maybe he is. Maybe he does have some flaws, you know. I think that especially when we're younger, but unfortunately, to some point throughout life, I think that we tend to blur things that we don't want to see. You know, when we meet someone, um, their flaws and their less than desirable characteristics may be on full display, but we choose not to see them or we choose to excuse them or, or justify them. And so I, I do think that, you know, that kind of factors into it being realistic too. Definitely. Definitely. Cece Giltonen has um, uh, received a lot of flack from readers because she has a hero that they felt was too flawed mm. and they didn't like that the hero was imperfect and so it is it's a very it's a very fine line between being realistic and and building a a fully dimensional realistic character that has flaws and faults and ruining the reader's ideal of what they want that character to be um yeah and I think it's also hard not to put your own um values or your own ideals on the character and allow the character to be separate like I I've got a story that was started um it's it's I don't know when I'll finish it but in that story the character has a one night stand and it's funny because I um I've never had a one night stand for me personally and it was hard for me to write that in in any way having her not feel some connection Mm -hmm. to the character or not wanting to like it wasn't something where I was comfortable having the having the heroine 
not have any connection to him right. it, with it just being something physical for her. Now, obviously, there's people every day who are able to have sexual experiences that are simply physical experiences and they don't continue to see that person or date that person or whatever. But because of my personal experience and because that's not something I had experienced and because I have, you know, a, a, a deep, I guess, emotional or, or um, uh, emotional I guess is the word connection to that it was hard for me to write that character not having that connection so I think sometimes in policing it's not just thinking about what our readers would think of the character or want of the character but I think sometimes it's our own self our own morals or our own values or our own thought process that polices that character and that can make it hard for the character to be who they truly are definitely I, I think that there is an element of that I also think that um I think this, there's been a cultural shift because I yes. think back about the the uh, lead characters from the romance books I read when I was really young, um, right? You know, and and I was thinking about some of there's there's a book by Victoria I think by Philippa Carr I think that so it's a Victoria Holt pen name, and it's called um, uh, the Lion something about it's 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 about he he basically is a pirate. And um, oh, all of those pirate novels were basically right. But I mean, back then, and, and <laughs> she has she's kidnapped. She's uh, I, I remember his name was Jake Penelion, <laughs> and and she was she was I think engaged to him, and so this Spaniard kidnapped her and took her to Spain, and she married him instead because that was his revenge, and she ended up having um, a child with him. And then Jake came back and re-kidnapped her and they had to, you know, it was just this whole long thing about back and forth and whatever. Well, there's a lot of flaws there, folks. You know? yes, <laughs> yes. Look even at Clark Gable, not Clark Gable, um, uh, Rhett Butler. You want to talk? Yeah. And, and yeah. we liked his flaws because Ashley was too perfect, I right. think, you know, so. And Rhett was a rake. He was just. He it, was. Well, and it's funny because I think that uh, well, there's there's two things there that that um, that you hit on. One is that we do like bad boys, right? And we want them to be bad boys, but not too bad. Right. You don't want them to be evil bad. You don't want them to be. I mean, they could be slightly dangerous, but not like. Um, you don't want them to be immoral, even though they're bad boys. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you want them to be bad boys, but I, I guess it's like that bad boy with a heart of gold or that bad boy. Like one of my favorite characters on television, there's a show called Good Behavior. And um, in it, the the lead character, um, who's played by Michelle, is it Dockery? The girl from Downton Abbey? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She is, she's like, incredibly flawed she's like a math addict and she um is a thief and a scam artist and all this other stuff and she scams and steals from a man who happens to be a hitman he's a hired killer and um he ends up coming after her in order to get his stuff back and they fall in love and so it's this impractical mm -hmm. story of these two really incredibly flawed characters and he's a hitman this is not someone obviously that i would fall in love with in real life but he's so, he's such a cool character because he's dark and he's dangerous and he kills people for a living and he knows how to protect her and he's not going to let anything happen to her. But yet he's, you know, soft and tender and all these other things. So it's funny because like, I think we're choosy about what we police. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm perfectly fine with him being a hitman in this fictional world as long <laughs> as he's good to her and he's treating her well and he's protecting her. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. But I think that as the other thing that you hit on, culture shifts. You know, the the books that I read as a teenager in the 80s, there was a lot of forced encounters there was a lot of Mm -hmm. what would be assault Um, there was a lot of of the historical novels that unfortunately based in 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 fact you know for that time period where they were married very young and they'd never met this person and didn't know this person and they you know didn't really know each other and then they end up forging a relationship and it's funny as our culture changes and as things become acceptable or not acceptable then our fiction reflects that in some ways. I know there's been a lot of discussion among authors since the Me Too movement started right. of, okay, what do we do with office romances? What do we do with billionaire romances? What do we do with situations where there's obviously a person who has much more power and influence than the other? And are they entering into that relationship with an imbalance of power or are they truly consensual equal partners coming together in that relationship? And so I, I do think as as culture shifts, um, the policing of the characters shifts with that. Definitely. And and we have a lot more that we have to think about um, these days. I'm, I'm going to jump back and just say quickly, the name of the book that I had referenced before by Philippa Carr was called The Lion Triumphant. And if you mm-hmm. have not read the Daughters of England series by Philippa Carr, go back and read them. They're excellent. Um, but yes, we do. I, I, I know I've been a lot more um, cognizant of, um, of consent of um you know it used to be that one of the the one of the favorite tropes of reluctant romance was everybody gets drunk has sex and and all of a sudden you know what do you do after well that's maybe not something we want to be it still happens glorifying yeah right, but right. but how do we how do we um you know how do we uh deal with that in this age um how do we deal with reluctant lovers which is really one of the the favorite tropes of of romance readers is that, you know, one character, and it's usually the male, falls in love with the woman and he pursues her. Um, How do you do that without it being stalky, creepy? You know, it really, (laughs) there has to be something else there. Um, And that is something we have to think about quite a bit. Well, and I think that there has to be a level of um, respect. There has to be a level of, of, of care I guess on that person that it's not just um you know is he viewing her as a possession that he has to have or is this is this something where he truly cares about I don't know it that's again it's such a gray area Mm -hmm. because there is a there's a definite there is somewhat of an attraction to a guy not giving up and him being willing to go to any any lengths to get the woman you know um Paul Simon there was a lyric last night where he says the first time I met her you know I said I'm gonna get that girl no matter what I do yeah there's something that's attractive about that but then when that goes across the line into creepy stalking it becomes not attractive at all so I think that you know there's a, a fine balance there in fiction in how you make that okay and not something that the girl right <laughs> would rather not have well you know? i mean do you remember were you a a, a, a general hospital watcher no, no? okay no. well the, those days of our lives the big deal in the early 80s was luke spencer and and laura and yeah luke and laura he raped her that was how that that was that that happened i did not know that yes he raped her and yeah and and then the, the romance that, that ensued after. And that's been a huge, I mean, even back then, 
people were going, whoa, 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 we're not sure we're okay with this. But I mean, I think that their television wedding was the most watched event at the time. Um, so I, I don't know. Well, it's know. funny because I know there are some who are, are in the school of it is fiction yeah. and anything is okay in fiction. It's not really happening. It's not something that I would really do in real life, but it's something that, you know, I can enjoy reading because it's fiction and I know it's not real. And then there's others that say, no, even in fiction, it's, it's wrong. And even in fiction, it sends the wrong message and it kind of glorifies something that should not be glorified. So I don't know. I, I do think there's a lot of gray there. Yes. I think it's not yes. a black or white. I mean, I can definitely think of stories that I've read or, or, you know, movies that I've enjoyed that, that definitely either rode that line or crossed that line. Mm -hmm. And I can think of others that immediately I'm turned off by it. And I'm like, nope, I don't want any part of that. Right. So, um, well, an interesting and, and in the end, what we know is that our characters basically have um, minds of their own. Yes. And they're going to do what they're going to do. And we're just along for the ride. And we have to, you know, we just live with that. So I think it's, I think it's important to stay true to the character. Exactly. And make sure that, that you're not forcing your own opinions or your own beliefs or your own actions onto the character. But at the same time, as the writer, you are responsible for the character. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I think there's some policing. I know that, you know, Diana um, Gobbledon has, has fiercely defended Black Jack um, and even said that, you know, all of our characters come from some part of us, you know, and she said that when people are so critical of Black Jack that, you know, she takes it personally, um, Black Jack Randall. Right. And, and he obviously is, is very much um, just a vile character. I don't think there's anything redeemable about him or no. anything that I like about him, but you know, with the villain, you can, you can take a little more, um, liberty with making them wrong or making them flawed or whatever. But I think that it's an interesting concept of when do you let the character be unabashedly who they are, no matter what that means. And when do you police them and kind of keep them in line or, or censor what they would otherwise say or do. So mm -hmm. very interesting topic. Definitely. Definitely. If you have thoughts on this topic, if you have um, ideas that you would like to share with us or questions that you would like to share with us about um, when is it when is it crossing a line or, or what are your what are your lines that you draw things that if it you know if they go across that that's too much for you please share your thoughts with us we would love to hear them you can email us at an open dialogue one at gmail.com that's an open dialogue the number one at gmail.com you can reach us both on facebook on twitter on instagram we are readily available and we would love to hear from you we would Definitely. so thanks for joining us we'll see you next time all right bye bye bye